Well, I hope you had a chance. If you haven't yet, we actually do still have some slots, although I said that to the first service. Um, for the past seven days straight, beginning at midnight, Super Bowl Sunday, we've had somebody praying in our prayer room during week of prayer for half an hour slots, turned our hourglass over. We got a 30-minute hourglass. It's amazing how accurate those are, by the way. And um, you pray for 30 minutes in there, and the room's filled up with lots of prayer requests. Staff's been collecting prayer requests from people, um, as well as just getting feedback from the vision presentation last week. And it's just been a great week of prayer for people. As they've reflected on it, they say, ah, half an hour went really fast. Well, that's good. That, that's great. And I, and I pray it encourages you to pray more in your life. Um, but there are still some slots open. It goes till midnight tonight. It will actually conclude. And um, no more praying for the church after that. No, it's just the end of week of prayer. Um, we'll be continuing to pray. But um, it's been neat. A lot of the reflections from last week, if you haven't made, if you didn't make it out, I encourage you to make sure you watch um, last week's uh, message so that you can get a feel for what the leadership has shared with the church and, um, and, and the vision moving forward of uh, really rethinking um, a lot of the philosophies, not doctrinally, not core belief wise, but in the way, we, um, the way we look at the community and our passion and our heart here as a church. And so we did present the revision last week with uh, revivals, um, which we already have. Uh, giving our church a name, um, Renew, in, in, uh, and as well as possibly even in the future, it's always been a goal of our church to do sports ministry at, at a high level, uh, the Replay Athletic Center. And so we're praying over that slide and all the details that went with it are in last week's message. And I encourage you to draw no conclusions if you haven't watched that. And uh, we are also praying through all the different sevens I offered you that we wanted to build the, this idea behind scripturally speaking, and uh, we're working through those, and we're using a lot of people's feedback and prayer requests and thoughts, um, making sure we incorporate that into those, and I will share those at one point. Uh, people have asked a lot about the timing. Uh, when is this all going to go down? Uh, we, have two, uh, we have two annual meetings, uh, one in May and one in November, so you'll get more details on this. This is something we are just praying about right now as a church. We don't want to send information like this in a letter. This is something you get up in front of your congregation and share and let them pray through. Um, but I, I, I hope you saw last week that I was sharing my heart with you and what God's been doing in my life. Seven specific categories I really felt um, the Lord wanted to do some work on me was my own heart, my own family, my own work, mind, identity, worship, thoughts. Um, God kind of come in and do a search engine. I, I know... I know many of you are computer guys and girls. When you do a search engine on that hard drive, you understand what that looks like and what that feels like and how long it takes and do a deep dive. And sometimes we need that spiritually too. And so that's what we were sharing last week. I'd encourage you to continue to pray with us as God works through that. But um, one of the questions that came out of it last week was more like, hey, hey, renew. Let, let, let's talk more about this. Let's ponder this more. And so that's one of the things I wanted to do is kind of give you an idea of renewal and what Scripture says about renewal. And uh, this week, that's kind of the focus of our week of prayer series. This will be a mini-series. It's not our, our big spring series. But we want to just take a couple weeks on this Renew Vision and uh, just talk about these rewords in Scripture. You know, I, I really believe God loves rewords. 
And uh, let, let, let me prove it to you just a little bit, okay? Let me give you just a few that you'll find as you scroll through the pages of Scripture. Um, renew, to make like new. Redeem, to buy back. Regenerate, formed or created again. To restore, to put back to a former state. Some of you just love restoring things. Some of you love doing things like that. Just taking something old, put it back. Refresh, to restore the strength. Reveal, to make known. Rebuild, to build after damage has been done. Reward, to give reward or recompense. Regain, to have what once was lost. Refine, to free from impurities. Revive, to bring back to its original state. Rejoice, to be glad continually. Repent, to change one's mind. Rescue, to deliver as a prize. Remember, to be mindful of. Return, to go back to. You know, it's, it's words like this that I wanted just to ponder as we looked into our Renew series. And, and I'm praying, even in our own lives, we would desire some renewal. Let me, let me show you just a few verses from Scripture that carry the English word renewal. For the Greek and Hebrew, we can get some indications too, and we will further in our study. But just some renew words in verses and, and see if you love some of these verses. The first is this one. Do not be conformed to this world. Do you know Romans 12, 12 2? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that look like? How do I renew my mind? Is that something I can do? Who does the renewing? Well, the Holy Spirit does the renewing, and that's next week. We're going to be talking about renewing the mind, and uh, a, a great, great verse. Uh, how about this one, Colossians 3.10? And have put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. What does it mean to be renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator? What, what's God leaning towards in that? Here's another. He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. There's something theologically going on here that we can understand about how God works and how the triune God works. Ephesians 4.23, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. That's interesting. There's almost like we have a mindset sometimes, and we've even maybe have defaulted towards a mindset that might need renewal. Here's another, Isaiah 40, 31. I bet a lot of you know this one. But they that wait for the Lord will renew their strength. Renew. There's an aspect there where we're exchanging something, his strength for ours. Psalm 51.10, one of my favorites. Create me a clean heart, O God. You know this one? And renew a right spirit within me. I hope you found a common denominator as I just wrote, read over those words. Who's doing the work? God is. I find it fascinating that we think we can renew ourselves. And so here's what I want us to think through today. Do I need a renewal in my life? Do I need God to make some things new? Do I need a refresh? You know, I, I think it's great that you really can't define the word renew without using other re-words. Renew, restore, 
refresh. Young people, you start a video game out, it's not going the way you want to, you hit restart. God, could that happen in my life? Could I? Could I have a fresh start with you, God? Because I made mistakes. I got garbage. I would love a renewal. Well, if that's your prayer, you came to the right place this Sunday. Heavenly Father, challenge us in your word to accept your incredible gift of forgiveness and opportunities for fresh starts. God, you are a good God. You dearly love us. Let your waterfall of freshness fall over us during this series, over the whole church. Bring renewal in our lives. We'll pray this in your name. Amen. hard not to listen to that and feel that way. I love waterfalls. I do. I, I, I love hiking and seeing waterfalls. I love traveling to see waterfalls from Niagara Falls to Bushkill Falls to just hiking along a falls to going on vacation and going to this really cool place called Discovery Cove down in Florida and swimming through the waterfalls with my kids. I love waterfalls. I love to go to resorts that have waterfalls in the pools. Does this sound good in February? Am I talking to anybody? And you get under the waterfall and you're like, come on. Kids are like, when they're little, they're like, I don't know. And you're like, just let it smash on top of you and messes up your hair. No, it doesn't mess up my hair. When I was thinking about an image that I could put alongside the word renew, it was just a, a beautiful waterfall. Just a beautiful waterfall of freshness and purity washing over me. And uh, I just want that image right behind that word renew, to make fresh, to bring renewal to our lives. And I really believe it's so necessary because for so many folks, and, I, and I'm including myself, we've allowed life to get busy. 
and, and we've, we've brought a lot of our own mess into it. We, we've gotten, in, in our lives, we've allowed the, the busyness and the keeping up with the Joneses and the trying to get ahead to kind of wear us down. And to be honest with us, with, if we're honest, sometimes it's difficult to sing wherever we go. For many of us, our mouths have been closed for quite a while. Pain has crept in. Discouragement's crept in. Bad decision-making has crept in and has left so many people bogged down to the point where the body of Christ really doesn't look anything different than someone who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. And what a shame. What, what if God wanted to bring renewal into your life? Folks, have you ever seen the show Hoarders? Have you ever seen how they can take one item from like 1947 and take it out of the person's house and there's like weeping and gnashing of teeth over that one item? And you can watch it from afar and go, something's wrong there. Something's wrong there. We can, but, but isn't it easy to look at someone else's life and say something wrong when we got our own junk at home? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's exhausting living like that. And it's one thing when I say that. I mean, I got, I got, this, I got this cardboard on a, piece, on a table, um, one of those lifetime plastic tables in my garage. I got this cardboard on top of it. I was painting something for Christmas, okay? It's still in the middle of my garage. What are we, in February? And here's me bringing in groceries. Ah, go around that table. And I'm walking through. I'm walking around my own junk. Because I can't stop for a minute and go, I've allowed this mess to pile up. We're stepping around clothes. We're walking around junk. And we know it's not the way we'd like it. And we certainly don't want anyone to stop by. And so we try to live as if this junk isn't piling up. And that's one thing when I'm talking about just your house. Whoop-de-doo. But what happens when your finances look like that? Consumer debt, materialism, finding your security and how big the savings account is. What happens when your attitude looks like that? You've got a complaining spirit. You've got a critical spirit. My word, if we jumped in the car with your family driving down the side of the road, you'd criticize everybody in the unbelievable world except who's in the car, and then you begin to self-attack. What happens when your attitude is full of resentment and you're harboring bitterness and anger to people that are even in the body of Christ right here at Fifth Street? You don't want to look at them, talk to them, shake a hand, and your attitudes look like that room. What happens when your fears and, and, and expectations and responsibilities look like that room? You say, I've got to perform, I've got to keep up. And, and because you do, the room just keeps piling up and piling up. What if it's full of cheating and betrayal and cover-ups? It's hard to live like that. It's hard to live in a room like that you got to do a lot of work to hide that. And it's shameful. And, it, and you know it. And it's down deep inside you. In fact, 
right now, even as I'm talking about this, Shane might be coming up and sitting down next to you in the pew going, it's time to talk. He's talking to you, you miserable fake. You got junk, and you got a lot of it. And, and wouldn't you love to just renew that? I don't even know where to start. Can I ask you, where could you use some renewal in your life? Where could you use some, some freshness? Where could you use some repair? Where could you use some rebuilding? In your sleep habits? You know, I love cereal. I don't like sloppy cereal. It's gross. You know what I don't like either? And I'm, I really get disappointed with myself when I'm sloppy spiritually. Nah, maybe not real bad. Like acceptable sins like worry and pride and being sloppy. But there's other areas. I find when I'm being sloppy in my spiritual life, I'm being sloppy in other areas. How about my sleep patterns? I'm sloppy. I know how many hours I need to not be kind of grumpy, but I'm not caring about that. Or I'm sloppy in my diet. Knowing how my diet affects my everyday life, but I'm sloppy in it. I don't know about you, but um, just recently, there's something happens when a four begins in front of your digit in life, and, and, and all of a sudden my body doesn't really like high acid stuff, and that frustrates me, and it, and it really doesn't like buffalo sauce, and I, and I, I believe in buffalo sauce. <laughs> I know buffalo wild wings is a bad move for me, but you'll probably see me there. I try to get the salad, but those wings on the kids' plates need cleaning. <laughs> won't want to waste money, God. And I, I'm going to pay for it. It's not wrong for me to eat it, but I know I'm going to pay for it. Sometimes I decide it's worth paying for. But I'm being sloppy. Movies, sloppy. We watch movies in our house that if someone walked in and talked like that in front of your kids, you pop them in the face and say, get out of my house. But we put it on our 90-inch TV. It's in the house, Dad. It's in the house, Mom. We get sloppy. How about in our music choices? Young person, would you want Jesus to say, hey, let me see. Let's say iTunes. Let's take a look. Sloppy. We get sloppy, and we know we're sloppy. How about in our internet surfing? Sloppy. We got justifications. I wasn't really trying to. We got all our answers. What about in our appearance? What about in our church attendance? What about in our Bible reading? Are we getting sloppy? I want renewal, God. I want to get in there. I want to renew. I want to change. You ever say that? I want to change. But I keep walking around the same junk. I keep finding myself in the same spot. You know, here's the big problem with renewal. And here's the big problem with change. We can't change or we would have. You ever hear Apostle Paul in Romans? I do, can you finish it? What I don't want to do. 
I just do it. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. You ever done that? You ever, you ever made a mistake and you know you made a mistake and you're sitting there going, I don't want to do that. Why did I do it? God, I want to change. And that's the power of renewal, folks. You can't renew your life. You need someone else to do it. And it ain't Pastor Chris. It's your Heavenly Father. Because guess what? He knows how much junk you've been walking around. And He wants to free you from all that junk. All that sin that so easily entangles you. And so today, if you would admit, if you could just step back for a second and say, I've been a little sloppy. There's a couple sloppy areas. Then this sermon, I hope it will encourage you. But if you've been sloppy and you're defeated and you're so upset yourself and you're walking around with such a weight of shame, you don't even like yourself. You don't even feel like you should get to live anymore and you're weighed down with a load of shame and guilt. Today is your sermon. For I believe God wants to speak renewal into your life. But you're going to have to ask for it. You're not going to get a five-step plan on how to go do it. And that's the mistake we make sometimes. You're right. i got to change. And you know what? If you're here today and you say, well, I can't think of anything. Here's something the Lord promises. Everything done in the dark will be brought to the light. So if you'd like your room to not get exposed, this is your Sunday too. You're saying there's maybe something I could do. Knowing that I've done some things wrong, I'd rather not get them exposed. You need, there's something I can do with God now? Uh-huh, I believe there is. Because it's one thing to walk around with a bunch of junk. It's another thing when God walks up to your house and goes, all right, since you won't bring it to light, I will. You're a mess and you know it. You've allowed stuff, you've allowed junk, and it might look good on the outside, but there's stuff going on. And it's a mess. And now everybody knows. God, don't do that. I love you too much to let you walk around with junk. But God, you know, half this stuff, half this stuff, if you change my wife, this wouldn't happen. If you would have changed this, that wouldn't happen. And you know, you know why I'm so discouraged, God. I mean, I get so discouraged, I put on the internet, you know why this stuff, and in my life, and this, and we keep saying, if, 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 if. And God just keeps holding the mirror up the whole time, doesn't he? You need to change. There was a king on his high throne, felt he could do whatever he wants. One day he was looking out at a woman, she was bathing, he saw her, he could see everything on his high porch. And he saw the woman, and she looked good to him, and after all, he's a king. He can do whatever he wants. He called for her. He slept with her. He even got her pregnant. Then he found out there's a husband involved. He's a king. What do you do? You make it look like that husband dies at war. You send that husband out in the front lines so that he gets killed. He dies. And now, that baby won't look so bad, and you'll be able to save face. Good cover up. Nobody saw it. Nobody knows. You're the man. I mean, because if you would have went down, think about what would have happened to the whole kingdom. You did the right thing. You even thought of other people. 
But then a prophet came to this king on his high hill. And the prophet sat down in front of this king and he said, King, what would you do if you found out that there was a man who slept with another man's wife, got her pregnant, and in fear had the man killed so that he could be with her and hide the fact that he had done something evil? What would you do with that man? And that king, King David, said, I kill such a man. And that prophet went right back and said, you're the man. It was as if God sent Nathan right to David's house. Knock, knock. I know what you did. And David, David stumbled into a chamber, I personally believe, and penned some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. And in doing so, gave us one of the most powerful blueprints on how to find renewal in our life that you'll ever read. And also, one of the powerful, most powerful blueprints to ask God to not open the doors. Clean it up so you don't have to do it, God. Let's just do this with the doors closed. And, and I want to do it now because I don't want you to have to expose it. I want to learn the hard way. And, and for those who've already had the doors blown open, there's a way, there is a way to get that cleaned up today. There is? Well, I don't believe it'd be in Scripture if there wasn't. Today's passage is Psalm 51 written by King David after being exposed by Nathan for what he had done with Uriah because of what he'd done with Bathsheba. And he says, Lord, would you renew a right spirit in me? Would you come on in my closet? And would you clean all this stuff up? And he begins by penning these words. Look how he starts. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. Okay, fine. Since we're looking at it, all right, since we're looking at it, have mercy on this. Have mercy on this. Since we're looking at it. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Blot them out. I feel like they're recorded on a piece of paper. Please don't just erase them. Blot them out. Get them rid of them. Get rid of them, God. Who's doing the work? David? No, no, he's praying, begging for mercy. Blot it out and have mercy according, according to your steadfast love. If somebody came up to me who earned a typical salary and gave me $100, I said, wow, thank you for that, okay? Now, if a billionaire walked up to me and gave me $100, I'd say, wow, thank you for that. But which gave according to their riches? Come on, man, you couldn't do better than 100 bucks? According to your riches? Now think about God. According to his riches? Now David says, would you forgive me and show mercy upon me? Not according to my dad's mercy. Not according to my wife's mercy or my husband's mercy. According to your mercy. You're a God of mercy and love. God, have mercy on me. What is he asking for? Treat me in a way that I don't deserve to be treated. Would you clean out the closet, God, since we opened it? Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, he continues, and cleanse me from all my sin. I'm speaking to anybody who does laundry in the house. 
David said, don't just put me on one cycle. Take it out, walk it out. Oh, mom, it's still got the stain on it. All right, we're going back. Get the stain off. I don't care how often you have to wash it. You say, Chris, are you embellishing this? No, the word thoroughly, literally in the Hebrew means multiply to wash me. Cleanse me. Remove. Entirely take away my junk. For I know my transgressions. Young people, that's a big word for sin. I know my sins. And my sin is ever before me. Sometimes I get up in the morning and frost has gone over my car windshield. And Chris has patience problems. And sometimes I, I just go, I'll turn on, I'll turn on the defroster really high and it'll be good. But I pull out my driveway and I can't see nothing. That ice is ever before me and I'm even trying this. Just stop and scrape it. That's dangerous. So before I get to the end of the, my driveway, I stop. I get out. Get back in my car, throw the thing. Still looking through the cracks. Somebody get me a car start or something. <laughs> Look what David says. Everywhere I go, it's right there. Hey, honey, how are you today? Hey, bud, praying for you. Have a great day at school. Hey, uh, hey, great. Hey, yeah, no, it's great. Love this church. Great church. Love the sermons, man. It's awesome. You know what? Hey, oh, how are you doing today? Oh, shoot, just get some time by myself. Everywhere I go, I feel I failed you, God. I got shame, and I'm walking around with it. It's ever before me, constantly blocking me. And you notice this, guys. He didn't feel this way until Nathan pointed it out. That's the deceptiveness of sin, right? We, like, excuse it. Well, you don't know. You don't understand how tired I am. You know what? You don't understand how people treat me. And we excuse our activity because of what others have done to us. And David says, now that I've been exposed, it just feels like it's everywhere. I don't even want to live. Folks, this is why shame can steal a life. Because it's ever before them. And they just feel like they're walking around. And this phrase in the back of the head, the devil's good with this one. He says this, if they knew the real you. By the way, this message is going to really turn for hope, so just hang in there. David continues, against you only I have sinned, and I have done as evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Please understand something. David knew something about how in the Old Testament things work. We're living in the age of grace. In the Old Testament, when kings failed, ask Saul, ask other kings, God sometimes didn't just wipe them out, he killed them. David doesn't know while he's praying this whether God's just going to go, you're done. He doesn't know that. He's praying like, am I going to die? Is he just going to take my life? And so he says, against you, God, not against Uriah, because he deserved it. Not against Bathsheba. I mean, she shouldn't have been outside bathing. Not against the moral laws. God, I sinned against you. And you're justified for all the ramifications I get for it. And then he gets a little theological. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. That's sin. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and in my inward beating, and you teach me wisdom in the se se secret heart. 
brought forth. In the original language, it means to turn around, to toss, to twist. In other words, David is clearly saying to you he was alive and a human being inside his mom. I was twisting in sin. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The sin nature is being processed down through conception. This imputing of sin is a big word they use in seminaries for this. And David says, I'm a sinner at birth. I've got failure in my life. And you delight in truth in my inward being. I need some renewal in my secret heart. See, here's the secret heart. Here's the secret heart. We don't want to talk about the secret heart. We want to talk about the heart that we portray. Here's the secret heart. Jesus kind of alluded to the secret heart. Um, Jesus said to, to the guys, he said, even if you think hatred towards somebody, you've murdered them. And you say, wait, no, I haven't murdered them. Murdering is going out like and killing somebody physically and stuff. Jesus says, no, no, if you did it in your brain, it's the same. Here's why. Here's why Jesus did this. He said, he said I don't want to talk about the guy or the girl who wouldn't do that sin because if they were found out, there'd be a lot of shame and guilt. He goes, I want to talk to the guy in your head that says, if I could do it, I actually would do it. That's the private life guy. I want to talk to the girl not who says, I would never do that. I, would, I mean, no, oh, that's terrible. I don't want to talk to her. I want to talk to the girl, if I could get away with it, though, I would. That's the secret heart. We try to hide it. David says, you desire purity in the secret heart. So he said, purge me with hyssop. That was uh, an herb or a plant they used in the purification process. He goes, I need to be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Purge me from the sin. Purge me from the shame I feel in my face. Pur- purge me from the ramifications, Lord. Purge me from the punishment. Purge me. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. The weight of sin has crushed his bones. You know what? You know what it feels like to have a bone crushed? Last night I was in the ER with my youngest son. Dropped something on his foot. Crushed his toe. Stripped the nail off, cut it, smashed it. Terrible. Can't walk on it today. David said, I can't even walk, God. And we read this and we go, let the bones, oh, it's so poetic. David's saying, I am crushed. And crushed bones can't go anywhere. I need you to bring it back to to help me rejoice again. See, when your kid is 12 and they're screaming on the ground in pain, dads don't go, come on, man. They go, come on, we're going to the ER. And we dads get an extra amount of strength when we need to carry the kids because they're in tremendous pain. I remember walking through the doors of that ER last night going, this is what God does for me when I'm crushed. And see, it's the devil's lie to get you to think your circumstances define God. It's those moments where he carries us because he's the only one who can. And I don't have the strength because my bones are broken. 
Somebody who texts me at night, somebody calls me or gives me different feedback or I meet with somebody or whether I go to a hospital bed, you'll hear people say, I'm just so brokenhearted. And I literally say, you're actually in a pretty good spot. Because God's opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hide your face from my sin, God. Blot out all my iniquities. Turn away from them, God. Hit delete. Erase them. Create in me. It's the same create as the create in Genesis. Start it from scratch if you have to. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. That constant spirit means to erect, to establish God has to do something. God's got to pick you up and help you walk because you need renewal. Cast me not away from your presence, Lord. and Take not your Holy Spirit from me. I hear sometimes New Testament believers, cast me not away. You can't be cast away. You were baptized with the, with the Holy Spirit. He's with you forever. You don't have to worry about that. But in David's time period, the Holy Spirit would come and he'd go. Samson, he would come upon Samson. Samson, ah, I'd rip some apart. And then the Holy Spirit would leave him, okay? But the Spirit would come and go. Well, New Testament believer, Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave something with you that's even better. A paraclete, come alongside you and be with you and seal you with salvation. Be with you wherever you go. New Testament believer, that's not really a verse for you. Take not your Holy Spirit. But for David, it was a very fear. Are you going to remove from me your hand like what happened with Saul and, and what happened with other kings and, and what happened with, with the other things we can see in the Old Testament. Are you going to do that with me? What's he saying? He's saying this. God, don't reject me. Don't give up on me, God. Don't be finished with me. I know I messed up, but don't be done with me. I'm 34. I'm 48. I'm 52. I'm 16. I'm 12. I don't care what age you are. The devil so often in our society, man, we got slides before services that say, if you need help with suicidal prevention, why do we got to do that? Because we have bought into this lie that God's finished with us. He's not finished with, child of God, he's not finished with you, amen? He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Your story's not over. Your story's not written. If you got a pulse, boom, 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 you got a purpose. And therefore, you got to find that purpose and not allow what's happened in your past to dictate your future. It's time to tell the enemy, shut up, I'm moving on. And that is a powerful truth of this. And David's saying, I need it, God. I need your renewal. Don't reject me. Don't turn on me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. When I got saved, restore that joy and uphold me. It literally means keep me upright. Come on, man. Come on, keep me upright. It's like David saying, I need you, God. Just get alongside me like a lineman hobbling off the field. Get alongside me. Hold me up with a willing spirit. And you know what I'll do, God? In my gratitude, I'm going to teach sinners your ways. And I'm going to tell sinners, them, and they're going to see, you're going to see sinners return to you. I'm going to get out evangelizing about what God has done in my life. See, the devil loves grumpy, mad, resentful, and yelling Christians. It's good for him. But when we're actually different, when we're actually showing the joy of the Lord, 
and not walking around work with a complaining spirit and not criticizing everything we do because we got all this pain inside so we want to inflict the pain on other people, when we actually start living out renewal in our lives, lives are going to change. Sinners are going to return to you. They're going to go by churches and say renewal. I'm going to go, maybe my life could turn around in that place instead of I bet that place hates me because I'm not perfect. Renewal. We all need this. Our community needs this. Our lives need this. And we're lying to ourselves to think there's not junk in the trunk. We know there is. And we know there's sloppiness. And we know the Lord wants to do a work. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Have you ever shut your mouth? I heard a pastor one time say, you can find out a lot about where a person's at spiritually by whether they can sing or not. I thought, ma, come on. Oh my word, that's true. Oh my goodness. This morning I got in my car you know, after being up late at the hospital, really upset about what transpired, having to hold my son, listen to him cry and scream as things were put in him. The pain was so great. I'm driving here to church. And I put on, sing wherever I go. I'm going to take that thing and throw it out the window. You ever feel that way? I thought pastors were perfect. They're not. None of them are, even the ones who act like they are. And I was frustrated. I was discouraged. Me sing wherever I go. I'm frustrated this morning, God. I feel frustration in my heart. But then I started feeling it feels good I should be singing I have so much to be grateful for renew my mind renew my heart I started turning that thing up before you got to church I was praying Lord thank you for all you've done in my life I can't let that circumstance drag me down Lord open my lips For you delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You don't delight in that. He says, I don't want your bird offering, David. I want you as an offering. New Testament calls this a living sacrifice. I don't want the dead lamb. I want somebody who's still alive sacrificing their life for me. The sacrifices of God. You want to know how to open that cabinet with God and have him renew it? Here it is. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. God don't go like this to a sinner going, I need you, God. I'm broken. I'm defeated. I know I've been sloppy. I know I've been a mess. And we got the doors open. It says, Scripture says, that kind of person, God don't go, mm-mm. It's this kind. Look, you don't understand. I mean, I got a lot going on. I mean, people are like this and stuff. It's, it's the pride of man that God walks the other way. God's opposed to the proud. Oh, he gives grace to the humble. Is it time to humble yourself beneath the mighty hand of God that he might lift you up? That's the power behind this word, renew. Listen to this quote. Memorize this quote and hold on to this quote, especially if shame has been winning the day in your life. Just because you can't go back and change the beginning doesn't mean you can't start where you are and change the ending. You serve a God of renewal. Just because you can't go back, mom. Just because you can't go back, dad. Just because you can't go back, grandma. 
Just because you can't go back, teacher, parent, student, just because you can't go back and change the beginning doesn't mean you can't start where you are and change how it ends. Oh, there'll be some ramifications and even consequences. Bones don't heal overnight. But it doesn't mean your story's been written. And you can start right now, God says. I'm a God of fresh starts. But people aren't. You don't answer to them. You answer to me. But people will give up on me. They will, but I won't. But, but you're, nobody's going to forgive me. They may not. But I will. Because I'm a God of renewal. Who do you want your audience to be, folks? Everybody in here or the God of the universe? That's an easy call for me. I want to be right before him. But in this prayer, what David has done is given us 10 marks of a prayer of renewal. Because folks, if you want to see renewal in your life, if you want to get the closet cleaned up, it's not going to be you going home and going, that's it, I've got to renew my life. No, 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 no. It is an ask. It is a prayer to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in you. There is a rescue that goes involved. There is a removal, a release there's a recognizing, there is a refining, a refreshing, a restoring, even a renewing, a resetting, and a reviving. Oh, I believe God truly loves rewords. If you want to see renewal in your life, David has laid it out for you. Pray this, rescue me from my debt that I owe, that I can't pay. I need mercy. I need rescue. The word rescue means to deliver, to save from impending harm. God, if I keep living with all these closets, it's only a matter of time till I'm done. Rescue me. Have mercy on me. Second, remove my impurities. Remove them, God. Is this something you can do? Nope. God, remove my impurities. It means to get rid of, delete, to take away. He's asking God, blot out my transgressions. Third, release my shame. My sin is ever before me. God, would you release this shame? Would you help me to know that you have forgiven? It means to allow and enable escape. For recognize my confession, God, against you only I have sinned. Validate this. Identify. I'm coming to you, God, saying I've offended you. Five, refine my secret heart. David said, teach me wisdom in the secret heart. To refine means to flee or excuse me, to free from all impurities, to thoroughly purify. It's not something you can do. You need to go to God's laundromat and allow him to do the work in you. God, refresh my broken soul. That's the sixth one. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. The refresh word, it means to give new strength, invigorate it, to provide fresh energy. God, refresh. I've been defeated, God. I've been broken. Refresh my soul. When's the last time you pray for this stuff? If your prayer life is all, God, help me have a good day tomorrow. Help the kids have a good day. You know, help everybody school escape. When's the last time we say, God, refresh my soul? I'm exhausted. These are the prayers of renewal. And we're dismissing them because we're busy. And we're getting all this junk in. And we got to go to God's laundromat. Seven, restore my gladness. Don't just walk around going, I'm just so grumpy, I'm just so upset. When you're not in the morning going, God, restore my gladness. I need you to do it. It means to bring back, to repair, to reinstate, to rebuild. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I want it back, God. Eight, renew my attitude. 
God, my attitude stinks. Every conversation I'm in, my attitude stinks, God. I've had a bad attitude from my family. I've had a bad attitude at work. And I'm blaming everybody else. I know it's my attitude. Renew it, God. Renew a right spirit within me. God, reset my purposes. I've gotten off track. I've made life all about me. Help me to make life all about others. I'll go out and teach sinners your ways. Reset me to set again or differently to return to the original state. And then 10, revive my praises. My mouth will declare your praise. It means to restore to life, give new strength, to regain enthusiasm. God, revive my praise to you. I have not been worshiping. Look at those 10. I'm going to leave them up as our men gather for it's communion Sunday. As our men come and bring the cup and bring the bread, which we're called to do in, you guessed it, remembrance. Over and over, do it again. Renewal is something we all need all the time. I would encourage you to renew your prayer, renew your life every single day. God's mercies are new every morning. Why not a renew prayer every morning? Clean that junk up before God's got to open the doors. Well, why would God open the doors? Because he loves you too much to let you live with all this junk. And if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There was my, my sin was right there. Yeah, you're right, it was. Woo. Because I prayed for renewal, whoo, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. Some of you never turned like that once in your life. You can see I'm not that good either. Maybe a little spin move, but I don't know about that. But all of a sudden, wait, 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 wait. When God looks at me, he sees this. But when I look at myself, I don't see this. Yeah, because you got to redefine yourself by the renewing of your mind, but that's next week. When God looks at you, this is what he sees when we pray prayers of renewal. That's what he sees, but that's not what other people see. We don't worry about them. we got to get us right with God before we can go out there. And that's why I love taking communion, because if not for the work of Jesus Christ, that dresser stays put I'm punished, I'm condemned, all my sins. But because of Jesus Christ, he separated me from my sins as far as the east is from the west, and there is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ, and I confess my sins so our relationship is restored, and I'm a renewed man walking out of this door, a fresh person in God's eyes, if not the world's. Heavenly Father, as we come and take communion, may we do so in remembrance of what you've done. Bring renewal to this church, God. We walk around acting like we don't need it. We got a lot of junk, God, and we got to clean it up, and that starts with the guy on the stage. It starts with the pastors. It starts with the staff. It starts with the church. We got to come together and say, God, on Fifth Street, there's going to be a renewal, not just a revival, but a renewal in the children of God. We want to get rid of this sloppiness, God. We know we're not perfect, and you don't ask us to be. Apart from you, we can do nothing. We need you to change our hearts. And so, Lord, may we be humble 
broken people coming to you, God, going, I got to pray differently. And just maybe we'll see some change in this church that this community can't not deny and want to know how to find renewal in their life. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Amen. on the night when he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. When he returns, he will. Make all things new. But I think he wants to do some change, and even today, in your heart, child of God. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to the greatest relationship you could ever have. And let him do a renew in your life. Maybe even stopping by the prayer room, even today. And talking to somebody about how renewal could show up at your house today. And let God do some renewing in your life. Folks, find a reword on that screen or in your life. And pray and ask God. Because every time you hear a re, I want you to think, I need him to do this. This isn't my self-help list. This is something I got to ask him to do. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for God's people gathered here. Would you especially bless them for being in the house today to hear this message on renewal?